And I asked my wife, that was a really smart move because she's smarter than I am. People on the outside of us can see things we can't see. You're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now, your host, Mike Simmons. All right, guys, thank you for joining me here on the show. I appreciate it. Those of you coming back for more, you're the best. Thank you. Those of you who have just found me, this is the first show you're listening to. I hope that I meet and hopefully exceed your expectations of what you think this show should be. And uh, I'm here to, to deliver that to you every single week. So keep tuning in, please. And uh, today, guys, I've got somebody on the show who is a marketer and he's a real estate investor, but I'm calling him a marketer because he has come up with a strategy that is incredibly effective in his market for tapping into a source of deals, a, a seller segment that he is able to absolutely crush it. And I would venture to guess that nobody in your market's doing this. So that is the teaser, right? But let's let's find out who this is. So my my guest today is Max Keller. If you haven't heard of him, he's a real estate investor. He's a best-selling author. Author. He's a podcaster. He's a speaker, uh, an expert panelist on the topic of topic of lead generation and marketing for real estate investors. In just a few short years, Max went from being a full-time high school math teacher, sorry, so a smart guy, obviously, to flipping over one hundred houses. His unique marketing approach landing him landed him on stage with Robert Kiyosaki, and he was presented with the 2019 Industry Innovator of the Year Award at that event. Uh, he's passionate about sharing his strategies and transforming ordinary investors into trusted experts in the eyes of motivated sellers and private lenders. He is a smart guy, and he has really figured something out here, and I think you should pay attention. And I'm not going to waste any more time. I want to dive into it. This was a great, great interview, and I think you're going to love it and have something you can do like right now to get more deals. So without any further ado, I give you Max Keller. All right, Max, thank you for joining me on the show. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you taking the time to do this. It's going to be exciting. I'm excited about this. Yeah, me too. Glad to be here. Yeah, very good. So uh, I, people have heard a little bit about you. Obviously, I did an intro, but let's give them a little bit deeper idea of who you are, where you come from, why real estate. I am always curious, why real estate, right? You're a smart guy, capable guy, you're a successful guy, probably could have gone into a lot of different industries. You chose real estate and that's interesting to me. So let's dial back before real estate, talk about who you were, what you were, and let's move forward and how you got into this industry to begin with. Yeah, sure. Thank you. So um, yeah, I was a math teacher at an inner city school. I live in the Dallas-Fort Worth uh, metro area. And I'm um, very happy being a math teacher. I loved uh, working with the kids, helping them. I just wanted to make more income. You know, my family was starting to get older and, you know, there's just more expenses. My wife was working part-time at our church and I just wanted to do more. So I tried to start some different businesses in the summertime. It seemed like everybody I wanted to partner with uh, wanted to make more money, but didn't want to do the work. And so <laughs> I was kind of on my own. Um, so I, I looked in the real estate, my friend who's very you know, risk adverse said that he had bought a rent house and this was July, 2015. And that's what really turned the, that was the day that changed. I mean, literally my whole life uh, by far. Uh, we, we had saved up for three or four years to go on a vacation. Our families went together and he said, you know, I bought a rent house and I was like, what did you do? And he said, you know, my family's getting older too. And um, I got to do something. So I did some research and my original goal was to never leave teaching. It was just to um, buy one to two rentals a year and just, you know, build a nest egg, maybe rehab them in the summertime. And, you know, I, I got some, you know, local mentors, got really focused and um, did my first deal. And then, you know, my second and then decided that I just um, that this was a real good opportunity. I really did like it. And I started. Um, you know, just going like full force. I got involved in some masterminds and, you know, folks that really had experience and helped me accelerate. Yeah. And, um, and so fast forward two years later, you know, it's 2017 and things are going pretty good, you know, and, and although at that point I had participated, flipped in probably close to a hundred transactions, you know, I felt like I was really only as good as my next deal. And I, I needed a lot of leads, um, to keep my business afloat, you know, I mean, yep leads, you know, or that's, 
that's motivated seller leads are really the, the lifeline of the business. And so if I didn't have them, I knew I wouldn't have any deals. I wouldn't have any business. I'd have to go back to being a teacher. And so I was open to trying pretty much everything. So, I mean, I had, you know, websites, I used bandit signs, um, cold calling, pretty much every list, you know, yeah. that I get my hands on, you know, all the specialties and all of those worked. The problem was they were, the results were unpredictable. One month, you know, the, the, you know, list with the vacant houses would pop and I get a house two months, it'd be nothing. Yeah. So I was noticing that my return on marketing spend was going down and um, I felt like I was wasting a lot of my marketing money. I felt like I was chasing people. And so fortunately and unfortunately, this is kind of the quest that we're going to go on together here that I'm going to share with you is um, fortunately, I figured out what the problem was pretty quickly. Um, unfortunately, I didn't know what to do about it. Okay. Uh, the problem was I was wait, wait, chasing- don't, don't say what the problem is yet. Just, hey, oh, let, me, okay. let, me, let me go back a little bit. Yeah. So- I don't want to gloss over this too much because this is the part that I think sometimes trips people up and really gets them to like say, oh, okay, you were a teacher. Yes. You had a friend who had a rental home and you said, wow. And that sort of like was the light bulb moment for you. Yes. Fast forward two years, you did a hundred flips and you quit your job. Correct. Am I right so far? Okay. Yes. All right. When did you quit your job? How far into that two years did you actually quit? And how did you know it was the right time to quit? Let's just start there. I have a couple of questions, but I'd like to know that one first. Yeah. So, you know, well, teaching, you just kind of quit. You don't want to quit in the middle of the year. So sure. it's a rare job. You, know, you can only quit in the summer. So I quit, um, you know, the end of that school year and I was on deal number two. Oh, so wow. it wasn't okay. like okay. I had, I just could tell that this, I had just gotten my third one under contract. And so I just knew that it was there. And, you know, uh, that time in the market cycle, it was a little lower on the cycle. So it was a little easier to scoop up properties than, yep. you know, like what it is right now as yep. we're talking together. Yep. But, um, you know, I, I prayed about it, you know, I thought about it. So I did some reflection and I asked my wife, that was a really smart move because she's smarter than I am. You know, I'm okay, but she's really smart. I asked yeah. her, she's, she saw it too. People on the outside of us can see things we can't see. Yeah. She knew that it was working. And then, um, I just did whatever it took to make it work. Okay. And I never really thought about going back to being a teacher and, um, it went, it went really good. And okay. I mean, it's just. Uh, you just, I mean, I had things going for me. So like one of them was, you know, I had invested about four years when I was a teacher paying off debt um, and having a surplus. Yeah. So, you know, I left teaching, I already had some deal flow. I had a little bit of a nest egg saved up, you know, so that helped me out a lot. We sold our house, used a little bit of the equity at the beginning to fund the business. Okay. So, you know, it wasn't like I was just jumping into it, but I had it, you know, planned out. I asked other people, things like that. Okay. So that answers partially my second question was how did you fund? A hundred deals in two years takes money, right? And remind mm-hmm. people where are you located? What what state are you in? Texas. Texas. Okay. So it, you're not in California, right? But still it takes money. It's it it the the cost of doing a hundred deals is quite quite high. So um, am I am I correct in assuming that you had a little nest egg, you sold your house, used some of the equity, that started you off, and then you sort of poured money back into the company when as you closed deals, you helped mm-hmm. that funded itself basically. So but still hundred deals were probably required some outside funding. Is that true or not true? That is true. Okay. So how did that happen? Where did you find the money? Yeah. Great question. So it was a progression for me. You know, I I could think it is for a lot of people. So um, I didn't have to use uh, my money for all the deals. Some of them were, um, you know, probably at least half of them or more were wholesale deals. So, you know, that was just an assignment. We just did a double close in our state. You know, the, the funds can flow through. I didn't even need transactional funding, but for the flip deals um, and for rentals, that was a progression. So it started out with my own money, but that, goes pretty quick. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're doing one at a time, that works. But once you start doing multiples, that yeah. doesn't work. Yep. Yep. Um, so then I went to line of credit. Then I went to community banks. Then I went to hard money. And then I hung out there for a while. And then I went to um, private money. And now, um, you know, we just fund everything with um, private money. And now I do a little bit of lending myself of my, you know, my own IRA stuff. So okay. it was a, and I didn't know any of that stuff. You know, I learned it as I went, but that was the progression. Yep. And, um, you know, like, like we need deals, you know, access to money is important too. And so later on, I'll kind of um, talk a little bit about how that, that journey went too, but that was the okay. progression for me. Now I know you've, you've got it. Hang on a second. I know you've kind of got um, 
you've got the uh, the lead gen side of it. We're going to talk about that. That's that's it's a big part of who and what you are as far as generating leads. But right. when you did the hundred deals, were you utilizing the strategies you're currently utilizing, or was this like cold calling, direct mail, like websites? Was that was that how you got to a hundred, or did you figure this out early on and and you've been using it ever since? Uh, earlier, about middle. So what happened to me was okay. is the problem that I found out was I was sending out the same message, the same marketing as all the other investors in my market. As the competition got stiffer, you know, the stack of mail started to grow, mm-hmm. and so I really wasn't standing out. And it was a it was a grind, you know. And sometimes people would pick me. It was great, you know. But when they didn't, it was usually because what was happening in our market was. You know, the hedge funds were coming in. They're paying more than, you know, the loan to value that I was comfortable with. Yeah. Um, newer investors and landlords, you know, long term were willing to pay more. And so it was squeezing out a lot of the margin. And so, yep. you know, being a math teacher, I knew, you know, this is a numbers game. Yeah. I didn't want to overpay for deals. So at least I was, you know, I made that good decision. But I wanted, you know, I didn't leave teaching to be on a hamster wheel and yeah. and be a grind. And yep. so... You know, what I wanted to do was this, and this is what worked for me is I, I said, you know, I, so I went back and looked at my deals about, or probably when I was about deal 60 and I said, okay, this is a grind. This is a hamster wheel. What I'm doing is not sustainable. I have to do something different. So I went through my deals and I made a list of for three criteria. So for me, um, I wanted deals that had, um, great, a great profit. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted deals where the seller that I was working with wasn't, it wasn't like a tug of war. You know, they, they were, they weren't resisting my offer. Yeah. And then lastly, I wanted to have fun. You know, that's, that's what I was starting to miss when I was a teacher. I wasn't making the profit as much and there was a little resistance, but the kids pretty much liked me. We had a lot of fun, you know, helping them, but, and I was definitely having fun. And now it was like the opposite and the prop, but now the profit's shrinking. Mm -hmm. So kind of good and bad news. Um, the, the, which one do you want first? The good news or the bad news? I always want bad news first. Good, smart Warren Buffett. That's what he always says. He says the uh, good news can wait. Yeah. Um, so the bad news was is that most of the houses that I'd already done up to that point did not meet all three of those criteria. Okay. Um, the good news was is that the ones that did meet all three, there were some deals in there. They all there was a pattern. Like you didn't have to be a high school math teacher to figure this out. And it was they were all um, they were motivated sellers, but they were senior homeowners. Mm-hmm. And I was like. Okay. Senior meaning older. Senior meaning just older in age, right? Is that what you mean? Yes. Yeah. So folks who had been at their house, you know, for a long time. And I was like, so I wanted to try to get more of them because I'm wanting profit. I want minimal resistance to the offer and I want to have fun. And so I go back and look at the the ones that met that criteria, like where did they come from? And maybe if I can figure out what list they were on, then I'll turn off the other stuff and turn that up. Yeah. What I found was is that they didn't fit the typical motivated seller profile. You know, they didn't, it wasn't a vacant house. They weren't a burnout landlord. You know, their house, um, you know, they, they weren't in, uh, you know, foreclosure. You know, a lot of times they didn't have a mortgage. The other thing I was noticing was is that the, the senior homeowner properties were my best wholesale deals. And I was selling them to local landlords here in the area. Mm-hmm. And and I was, I was seeing these patterns. What I was noticing was, is like their houses were like time capsules, yeah. like literally structurally, yeah. they were good to go thumbs yeah. up, but um, they just needed cosmetics, sometimes a roof. So it was perfect for a landlord. They just needed cosmetic updating on a landlord deal. You know, you don't have to raise the cosmetic as much as on a retail deal. So that's why I was able to wholesale them and make these bigger margins because they were pretty much ready to go. Yeah. So I was like, okay, cosmetic rehabs, more profit how are they finding out about me if they're not on these lists? And so like, unfortunately, a lot of them, it was by accident. Now it's on purpose. I have a way that I get these folks and attract them to me. That's on purpose. But at the time it was just on accident. You know, they would get my postcard by mistake or they'd see me rehabbing a house in the neighborhood, things like that. Um, Another, another pattern I was noticing was, is that they were really high quality. I was closing. My close rate was a lot higher percentage. And sometimes they were taking my offers um, when they had higher offers from someone else, like 10 grand more. And our, our area, you know, right now the median is about 250. Okay. Um, I'm buying houses that are like more around, you know, they finish out 200, 250. So 10 grand is a lot of money. Yeah. Yep. 
So, so what I did was I called one of my, so I'm on this quest. Like I haven't fully embraced the niche yet. I'm trying to figure out, is there really something here? Mm -hmm. So I call one of the folks that I bought their house from previously. And I didn't talk to the mom because she's in assisted living. Um, We helped her find a place. Uh, I talked to her son and I said, Hey, do you remember me? And he's like, yeah, I remember you. Of course. I said, Hey, um, kind of a weird question, but um, I thought that when I bought your house, your mom's house, you had told me that you had an offer that was like 10 grand higher. And I was kind of wondering, cause I was thinking in my mind at the time, I didn't really even bring it up or ask a lot of questions. Yeah. I didn't want to lose the deal. Right. Right. Yeah. So I just said, Hey, um, why did you pick me over, you know, these, uh, um, over the 10 grand more? And he's like, you know, we felt like you genuinely cared. You know, we trusted you, you were like giving us a lot of options. You were teaching us stuff. The other people just was like, you know, sign the contract and you're going to move out. And so what I was noticing was, is that the more I really tried to help them, the more, you know, they were accepting my offer. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'm a teacher before. So teaching is my natural style. I'm not a, I'm not like a hard closer. Yeah. And, um, and my grandma helped take care of me. So, and I helped take care of her. So I was familiar with the challenges these homeowners were facing because I was, the grandson that was, you know, paying bills and the reverse mortgage person was trying to sell my grandma something and I had to go through the fine print. And so, and then she passed away in 2011 and, um, and I saw all the stuff that she went through and how she was frightened a lot of time living by herself and, you know, didn't like, you know, feeling pressured. And so, you know, I just started to make that connection between trust, more referrals, you know, being genuine, being me, educating first and getting more business from it. And it eventually turned into um, the book, you know, which we'll talk about later, but it just knowing that and learning about senior housing and just trying to learn more about this niche I was going after, Mm -hmm. I was starting to really like pull away from my, my competition was growing in the market and I was starting to pull away from it even before I decided to um, take the next step in the journey. Okay. So we were now we're starting to get to the the point where we're teasing it a little bit. In the beginning, let's just say the first fifty to sixty houses, yes. it was a lot of traditional marketing that people use, and it keeps getting kind of recycled and churned, which is the cold calling, the direct mail, the website stuff, all that stuff, right? And again, I, I'm with you. I've been in this since 2008. In 2015, it was significantly. Uh, easier to get deals than it is now, for sure. In 2012, yes. it was even easier than 2015, frankly. Right. Um, so And so you found out, and, and I think a lot of us do. I've been talking about this for years. It, all the deals, like I average 100 a year. The, all the deals that I do, 80% of them are people who are older, right? At least over 50, but certainly over 60 and sometimes 70 and 80. So they're older folks, right? So let me ask you this. It's a more of a challenging question, okay? Uh-huh. Before, because and then I want to go deeply into the niche you're talking about and explain to yes. people how you do what you do. But for for a lot of folks, they say intuitively, okay, I, I buy mostly from people over the age of 60, okay? Mm-hmm. So now I'm just going to buy lists and I'm just going to only buy lists with people who are over the age of 60. Like that's for my sure. demographic. I'm just going to, and it's going to be equity and age and that's what I'm going to do. And I, I'll be honest, that's what I've, I've done a lot in my life and I've told people but- to do that and it's worked. But I agree with you. The competition is high. The return on that investment is getting lower. So why not Why not just focus on that age hardcore as mm-hmm. opposed to what you're doing? What's the advantage? And then tell everybody exactly what it is you're doing. Sure. So, um, yeah. So we actually do a lot of those same things. We just do them in a little different form. Okay. So I'll explain that you know, right now. So what was ha- the reason that I was getting the deals wasn't because I had the awareness. You know, what is a list? A list is awareness. As business owners... People have to know that we exist. Then the second phase is appeal. We have to give them something that makes us appealing. One of the struggles that I was having was, is that irregardless of how much mail I was sending to those same lists, if you have the list, other people have access to the list, the appeal wasn't there. You know, I was having to hit the perfect timing bubble Mm -hmm. in order to um, be there at that exact moment because I was basically sending them something they don't want. I was sending them, I was in the junk mail pile. Mm -hmm. Now I'm on the coffee table. So how I made that transition from junk mail to coffee table was I, I had to find a more scalable way to build the trust. Marketing is all about trust. And what I was doing before was not scalable. I was, I was using the same list you were talking about. I had my benefit statement message and folks were you know curious about me and others. What 
what changed it for me was when they finally got to meet me. What I noticed was, is there was huge educational gaps. So these folks have been in their house for 30, 40 years. So they don't understand as you know, all the way, they're not contractors, how to maintain their home yeah. when there's mobility issues, all the ways to sell their house. They're having a hard time uh, figuring out where to move to, how they're going to pay that bill. So there are all these questions and that, and uh, me and one other guy that was helping me buy homes, um, you know, we're in these living rooms for two to four hours and we're getting almost all these deals. So it's good. It's just not scalable. And so what happened, this was the big turning point okay. that really changed everything awesome. was I was at an appointment in Richland Hills, Texas, and the daughter of the mom who was, I was buying their house was there. And she said, Hey, you know, you've helped us out a ton. I actually helped the mom find a, place, a new place to live. And she's like, you know, you know a lot about this. Have you ever thought about writing a book on this? You should write a book about this. Um, and I was like laughing it off. You know, I'm a home buyer. I'm like, I'm not a book writer. I'm like, there's no way in the world that would ever happen. So I was like, oh yeah, it's a great idea. I don't think so. Yeah. And then I went back to the car and I thought about it a little bit. And I was like, you know, that actually is a really good idea. You know, instead of being the guy in my local area that knows a lot about seniors and senior housing, I could be the guy who um, wrote the book on senior housing. And so I just made a list of all the questions that I was getting asked in these living rooms for two to four hours. And I wrote down what the options were, you know, the pros and cons to each one. And so that's how the first book came out, uh, Home to Home, the Step-by-Step -Step Senior Housing Guide. And I didn't write this. Now it's expanded to a bigger thing, a bigger okay. mission. Okay. But at the time, I just printed out 100 copies of the book. Um, I just started giving it away. It became my, um, and I honestly just thought it was going to be an upgraded business card. And then what happened is, and we'll kind of go into this a little bit you know, later, is um it opened up some other things It opened up, you know, uh, instant credibility, instant trust. Mm -hmm. um, I started to become known as the senior housing expert. Now, when we buy people's homes, who the awareness campaign is the exact same list you're talking about. The difference is instead of a benefit statement, I'll buy you know your house in seven days or six days or 14 days or a waterfall benefit statement, which started happening when the deals got thinner mm -hmm. and people started adding more um, options, yeah. thinking that's like true innovation. I did that too. Now we have the same thing, but on the bottom of it, we say, hey, if you're not ready to sell your house, um, reach out to us and we'll give you a copy of our book for free. We wrote the book on the subject and our competition doesn't have that. Yeah. And so we're getting more calls. The response rates are going way up and now we're sending out our book. So People are calling us and they say, hey, we want you to come over and buy our house. We actually had somebody who called yesterday. They didn't know about our book yet. They found out about us through some other method. And I and they started saying, you know, hey, uh, you don't need you to come over like right now. I'm like, OK, well, like, hold on, let's call a timeout. Have you got a copy of our book yet? And they're like, oh, your book. No, I didn't know about this. And I said, yeah, I go, well, you know, chapter three is all the ways to sell your home, pros and cons of each. And so um, we we asked that the you know, we want to educate you on all your options. So you know what you're doing. This is a big decision. So if I send you a copy of the book, before, will you read chapter three before I come over? And they're like, yeah. So we courier a copy of the book over to them. They read chapter three, but what they also do is they read all the other chapters because they're now, they haven't gotten an autographed book from anybody, maybe, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And so when we're going over there, so sure. Do I have a cost from that? Do I have to pay for the books and all that? Yes, but the benefit is I'm pre-sold when I walk in to the house. So now instead of just being in the stack, kind of three things happen when I give people our books. And now we have students who do this too, um, who license some of our content. Uh, you know, number one, they stop calling other people because they're like, well, who is this guy? You know, number two is the people that they called before. They tell them not to come over because they're already working with the person who wrote the book on this subject. And then when I go over there, it's that thing I was looking for earlier. There's less resistance to my offer. You know, now I'm, they trust me. They feel comfortable with me. I'm the trusted expert and I'm helping prescribe them what the next steps are. And I'm just, I'm there like a, kind of like their travel guide at that, at that point. So it's been really fun for our business. Okay. It's made more money. There's, you know, other benefits, but that's sort of, how we went from teacher to dime a dozen to let's just give it out and see what happens and now, you know, results. Okay. So I, I understand at a high level what the book is doing and what the book says, but it's it has the words like senior living, senior mm -hmm. the senior living space mm -hmm. is 
it's a destination point for the folks that we buy houses from a lot of times. Exactly. So I guess my question is, um, do did you become an expert in the senior living space so that you could help bridge that gap? Or how far into that world do you get as an investor? Yes. Great. Yes, perfect. Great question. So this is how it happened. What I was noticing before the book was in my home buying business was that folks who um, folks uh, who are seniors, they the first person they call is there's a lot of things happening at once. And so they have to, a lot of the information is siloed in, in one, you know, like straight commission salesperson. So they'll call a realtor to find out the value of their home. And then the realtor will tell them all the reasons why investors are lousy and why they're the best realtor. Yeah. And then they'll call an investor and the investor will do the same thing, but the reverse. I'm the best yep. investor. I'm trustworthy and realtors don't know anything. Yeah. Then they'll call a senior housing place. And they're, and they're, you know, why we're the best senior housing place. So it was really hard for folks to get all the information, like from any sort of objective foundational source. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of times the adult children are involved in this decision, like nine times out of 10, they're helping or assisting, but they live, they've got their own family. They've got, um, you know, they don't live in the state, mm -hmm. you know, so there's so much going on. So what I did was is I wrote these chapters. Chap the first chapter is all the ways to sell your home, pros and cons of each one. I find that people like choices. When you give people choices that don't point to you, they see you as objective, credible. Mm -hmm. A lot of the people that I help, I don't end up buying their house, but they appreciate how I helped them and they refer me people and referrals have a very high conversion rate. Yeah. So as far as a return on marketing investment, um, you know, it makes everything that I'm doing better. So how far we go into it, is we teach them the ways to sell their house, pros and cons of each. Not all of them point to me. Yeah. We teach them how to stay in their home. I think 90, 95% of folks who are polled by AARP recently said they want to stay in their home. Who doesn't? Yeah. So we teach them how to stay in their home. We have a lot of expertise in rehabbing and how much things cost and what to watch out for. So we empower and educate them in that book. Then chapter five is all the different types of senior housing. Pros and cons of each one, how it, how much it costs, how to lower the cost. We give them the insider secrets. Then then the the next chapter is how to pay for the care. We we wrote scripts. I wrote scripts that teach the adult children what questions to make sure to ask um, when they're interviewing a senior housing facility. How to pick one, red flags. Yeah. So I went and got that knowledge and information. I put it in the book. I taught it to these folks and empowered them all in one source. And then I wrote a chapter to the adult children because the adult children and grandchildren are going through special challenges. Yeah. I connected them to all these different resources. We put it all in one place. It became the foundational source. And that's, that's how deep we go. And, and that's how deep we go in it for us. Gotcha. And then, and then later I'll kind of talk about how, how we made the journey to let other people use this too. Cause other investors, that never occurred in a million years, but it just sort of naturally happened. Okay. And I do want to get into that, but I, my a question that I'm, I'm writing here as you were talking yeah. is, and, and this seems to me to be intuitive and maybe it's the business person in me, but is the evolution of this expertise with senior living and giving them the, the scripts and everything, mm -hmm. to me, the next step is you start now going to the senior living facilities and and this is a, a crude way of putting it, but kind of infiltrating that world so that you become their go-to person. So whether they see you or go directly to the facility, it all leads back to you. Is that is that what's that happening? Is, that is that is what we're doing. Okay, cool. Yes. So, so we're not as dumb as I might be. I thought I might. No, be. you're very smart. Yeah, I mean, you have the show. You know, okay. you're doing great, and I think we're both uh, helping each other, and that's sure. what makes these so powerful. And so, but yeah, that is what we do. So here's. Here's kind of how the evolution happened with how I use it for my business. So okay. I noticed, I'll give you um, a couple of examples, but I'll go to this one first. So there were some places that I knew there were a lot of my ideal prospects, but I was having trouble getting to them, mm -hmm. um, like churches, senior centers, assisted living communities. So I reached out when I was Max Buys Homes, um, now um, Save Your Home Buyers, but you know, I reached out to them as a home buyer to teach and educate before I had a book. Cause I was just already doing that in people's living rooms. I was like, be more efficient if I could talk to 20 or 30 people at once. Yeah. But they didn't trust me. They didn't know me. Sure. They were afraid if I came in there 
and reached out to their members and I did something bad, it would look bad on them. Yeah. So a little secret, you know, so when I, when I became an author, I got a call from a local church. There's a church that I knew really well. They found out about my book. One of their, um, you know, members, you know, got it in their hands and they said, Hey, we'd like you to come and speak as the subject matter expert on this. I didn't have a presentation. I didn't have slides. I just, I took a bunch of my books. I went there and I just pretty much just, I think I've got, see, I got my book right here on my desk. I just took my book and I taught them some stuff in the book. And like, literally I had 20 people there. They're all homeowners. Okay. They, I didn't pay any marketing spend to get them there. Yep. And they're, they're super engaged in what I'm saying. They come up at the end. They're very appreciative and they're, you know, wanting to know a little bit more about my services. I didn't, I didn't really talk about, it wasn't a sales pitch. I was teaching yep. like, well, what do you do? You know, I'm like, well, I do, you know, this, this, they're like, can you come and look at our house? I booked a couple of buy calls that night. And um, so one of the little secrets that for me and now my students unlock is, um, you know, when you're an author and you're just a subject matter expert on anything, yeah. um, it makes it easy for event planners, live or virtual to pick you to speak. And, and there's um, a lot of leverage with that because now instead of me speaking to one senior homeowner for in their living room for two to four hours, you know, I'm speaking to 20 at once. And so yeah. that's, that's really what opened up um, those doors to these uh, areas that we're talking about. I have some people in my organization that actually took our book and workbook. And we have multiple niches in the real estate um, space that we've, that this has morphed into. This okay. isn't the only one now. But um, this is one that I primarily focus on in my home buying business. I let people be the captain of their own ship. But um, that's that's some of the things that have happened from that. And yeah. um, it's been super positive. Awesome. Okay. So let me ask you this because there's, there's still a gap in my understanding of, of one part. I, I sort of get the process uh, with the book. I understand how that makes you an expert and that mm-hmm. makes, makes it easy for you to speak in front of larger groups of people. I get that. But- how are you, you kind of alluded to the fact that you're still doing some of the marketing you were doing before. You're just, you're positioning yourself different. You're giving them a different, you know, um, you know, uh, d- distinguishing value, whatever. Are you still like literally pulling lists, sending out postcards or whatever letters, and just you're putting your book on there and kind of making that your right. bridge. You're still doing that kind of marketing. Like what's your primary way of getting the word out about you to the folks that you want to talk to? Is that it? Well, different ones. So I use those, those okay. work. Like okay. I said, so um, it's not like you have to market any, all the things that we, that I did before worked. It's just by putting a book on it with it, it just makes them work better. Gotcha. I you know, like I'll give you an example. We have a, a student that licensed, we have, um, we have kind of two ways that we help real estate investors. And one, one of the ways is we can help them. We wrote a book called the a real estate investor book writing checklist. And I'll um, give some links for folks who stay on till the end to give your audience a copy of that for free. Awesome. Very cool. So we have some folks that go that are like, I call them DIY, you know, real estate investors. Okay. So they, yeah. they like to get their, you know, hands dirty, roll up their sleeves, get yeah. involved with the rehabs, work in the business. And that's, it takes a little longer to get an ROI on those, but if they like doing it. There's nothing wrong with that. So for those folks who reach out to us, we have this checklist that we created and it teaches them, you know, how to identify their niche, how to um, organize what the biggest issues are. And if they want to write their own book, they can. Okay. Then we have some licensed content that folks that can, you know, plug into if they're more of the ROI. You know, they're used to leveraging a team. They got people doing everything for them. They just want to close more deals, you know, raise more money for their business. So some of those folks plug into our stuff. So one of our students, just a, that's kind of the preface. One of our students in Connecticut, she's been slaying it for a long time. Very successful real estate investor. She's doing probate letters. She got her probate campaign down. It's getting about a 1% response rate. Of course, we would like higher, but it still makes money. It's still a good return on marketing spend. When she plugged into our stuff and she did the same letter, she just put her and her book at the bottom as a transitional call to action. Hey, if you don't want to sell right now, you just want some education. I've got this copy of the book. Instead of paying for it for $12.99, I'll give you a copy for free. And her response rate went from 1% to 3%. So you can take what's existing and make it work better. But to answer your direct question, the way that I actually get most of my leads, I'm focusing my home buying business on a small geographical area of about, I don't know, maybe about half a million people here 
in our metro area. So what I do is, is I have uh, Facebook videos that are on my, um, my save your home buyers business page. And I teach my students how to do this too, but it's been working really good for me because folks haven't wanted to be out as much, Mm -hmm. uh, but they still want the folks can't be live as much, um, but they still want the personal connection. They want to get to know you. Mm -hmm. So I find videos a great way to do that. So what I do is I have about 15 educational videos where I have my, probably the 15 questions I get asked the most. I teach um, out of my book on these videos. And then I just uh, put them on Facebook and, um, and I just geolocate. And I, of course I have some other criteria that I use for the targeting. Mm-hmm. And so they're the seniors and they're because seniors are the fastest growing demographic on uh, Facebook. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah. So they're on Facebook too. Their adult children who are helping them are on Facebook. So they watch my videos geolocated. And then um, that's how I get a lot of, uh, phone calls. And a lot of times by the time they reach out to me, um, you know, they've already watched five or six of my videos. Yeah. So like, they feel like they know me, then they go on my website, they get a copy of the book. And so that's how I'm taking down a lot of, um, deals, but there's a lot of different ways that you can use it. It's up to you. That's awesome. So Facebook, you've like, I honestly, I, I know a lot of people that are trying to figure out how to use Facebook to generate leads, high ROI. And, and I know a lot of people who have abandoned that because they can't figure it out. And I think a lot of them are just throwing ads, right? Like ads with just, you know, uh, text copy and they're just blasting that out there and it's right. not working for them. So right. I like this approach and I think you're right. I mean, nothing, you know, nothing gets makes you feel like you know. I mean, listen, I watch YouTube videos and there's people that I watch all the time. I do feel like I know him a little bit. Like I, mm-hmm. I feel like I know Peter McKinnon, right? He's a photographer and I like his videos. Like I feel like I kind of know sure. the guy. So it's very, very smart and it's a great way because the seniors, the, the older folks, uh, it, it, trust is an issue. You mentioned that it kind of at the top here, the trust is an issue for them. And, right. uh, you know, not that they know you know you, but you certainly feel more like you know someone from a video than you do a, a postcard, right? So I like that. Right. I like that. It's very, very smart. So let's talk a little bit about... Um, uh, so your business now, you're, it's a, there's a lot of seniors in, in there, and, and you've, you've mentioned that you get this book you send out to them, which is fantastic. Would you say that you're – are you doing as much marketing as you used to do, or were you able to lower your marketing because oh, there's – Okay, so you're doing oh, less of it, too. So you're oh, spending less. Close. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's there's multiple reasons. The main two, just for you know time, is because you know by being more niche, the messaging can be more tight. Yep. And tight messaging is more appeal. So that increases your conversion rate. Yep. You know, just a generic messaging, you get generic uh, rates. So some of, you know, of, of conversion rates so and, and response rates. So part of it is just niche, which has nothing to do with the book. It's just by focusing on a niche, the messaging is more dialed in. And then by having a scalable way to be that educator and advocate and, you know, speak to my motivated sellers with the, um, with the book, there's kind of, there's kind of a few ways that I've been able to lower the marketing spend for our business. One is, you know, the book has become an ultimate, not just a business card, but a referral tool because what's in it is valuable. And when somebody has it, they don't throw it away. They keep it, they put it on their coffee table, they cherish it. Mm -hmm. And when somebody that they know in their warm circle, um, needs has is saying the words, you know, like I don't know, do my parents house, we got to find somewhere else for, you know, my dad to live. Yeah. It's just human nature. Like, you know, word of mouth marketing is very powerful. Yeah. There's, there's really no substitute for it. It's just very hard to scale. Mm-hmm. And I haven't found anything better than a book that's been able to enhance it because the book is the trust. A lot of times we're as business owners, as real estate investors, we're not getting the referrals because they know of you, but they're not exactly a hundred percent sure. So it lowers the barrier. So the book is getting passed around referrals. We all know that we close a higher percentage of those. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't require as much marketing. Other people are doing it for me. Yep. Another benefit, like I was saying earlier, was the speaking. Um, you know, getting the opportunity to speak to 20 or 30 people live or virtual at once, whether it's a, um, a senior center. You know, we have some other niches that us and some of our students go after. But the speaking, being that trusted expert, it's just, it has more time scale and it, it costs time, but I'll, you know, like I remember the first time I, um, first time I spoke, I don't think that they brought up money, probably maybe the second or third time. One of them was like, well, what is your fee? It's like, they found out about me and my book. They wanted me to speak. I think it was actually at the, um, our County's probate attorney 
association meeting. I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that I'm going to want to speak to 30 probate attorneys yeah, because exactly. I mean, cause you know, yeah. you're, you're, you're pulling the probate list yeah. and you know, the other people who are doing it are in the stack with everybody else, Yeah, but I'm going straight and my students are going straight to building relationships and uh, referral partnerships with the probate attorneys who are actually probating wills. Yeah. And so they asked me what my speaking fee was. And I was like, uh, zero. And I was like thinking, you know, I would pay to speak here. So that's, <laughs> exactly. that's, that's helped me lower the spend. Um, you know, I would say that that's, that's probably the main ones that I can think of off the top of my head. And, okay. um, yeah, that's it. Okay. So speaking, uh, engagements and talking to, to smaller groups, that's, that is a part of your strategy. You're still, that wasn't a one-off with the church. Like you, that's a part no, of no, your no. strategy. Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Very cool. So t- talk to me. Okay. So I'm an investor. I, I just wrote a book by the way. So I, I know what's involved in that. <laughs> so hats off sure. to you. Um, but to the investors that are listening right now who say that's great for Max and maybe Mike, I- they wrote books. I don't have time to write a book. I just don't have time. And frankly, I don't know enough, right, to to write a book. And I know you have a checklist and it helps. I get that. But two things. What would be your answer to that? And then the follow-up to that would be, you mentioned licensing some stuff. Is it basically white labeling your book somehow? Or what is the process of that licensing you're talking about? But let's talk to the lazy investor, which is most investors don't want to write a book. It's not to make you lazy, but I'm being facetious. But the person says, I just don't have time. Like, I'm not a writer. I don't want to sit down and do it. Well, you know, the good news about that is that like, if you're saying that, like, imagine what your competition say, right? Like they're, they're saying that too, you know, traditionally the bar has not been very low to write a book, you know, you know, the process that you went through, you know, we, we've made it pretty easy. So yeah, just to recap for the DIY real estate investor, we have this uh, checklist and, um, and I'll, I can say what the, the code is now, or we can give it to you at the end, but we've got a little code that people can go in and get a copy of it and learn how to write their own for the person who um, isn't, you know, they just, they're like, you know, time value of money. They just want to plug in. We have some licensed content that's white labeled, right. And people can plug in about an hour to two hours of their time. And then our team takes it the rest of the way, takes the reference documents. And we have multiple niches, you know, we've been talking about the senior homeowner. Yeah. We have some other niche content that just depends on what people want to go after. Okay. But people can um, plug into what we're doing and um, real estate investors can. And for about an hour or two of, you know, their time, they can plug in. And instead of waiting, you know, six to 12 months um, or more to have a book finished by trying to do it on their own, from when they invest the one hour time and get involved, you know, they can be passing their book out in 30 to, you know, 45 days. So that's, that's how we help people who are more on the ROI side. Gotcha. Makes sense. Now the checklist, not to beat a dead horse, but the a checklist, I still feel like I'm writing a lot. Like is the the checklist Mm -hmm. will guide me. I get it. But how long do you think it would take someone if I say, I want to go the checklist route because I like, I'm DIY person. What's my expectation going into that in terms of when do I have my book done? And I know it depends on how much time, but how much time should I have to put into the, the, the project to get the book? Sure. Great question. Well, it's going to vary a lot, sure. you know, for sure. everybody. Um, I, I will say, you know, anybody can do it. It just depends on how much time you can, you know, basically kind of shut down your business and, and work on it like all in a spurt or as you go. I think for every one person who's written a book, there's like 10 that um, have like a half completed book that never finished. Yeah. So, you know, I'll just say from my experience, uh, it was uh, probably two to 300 hours um, to write the first book. And then I wrote a workbook that went on top of it. Um, So results may vary, but it just kind of depends on their situation. And that's sort of the cost part too. Sometimes, you know, you think that you're, you know, you may think, oh, you know, I'm saving a lot of money by doing it myself. And mm-hmm. if you enjoy the process, you want to do it. Sure. Yeah. Um, and, and that might be where you need to be right now. But, you know, how much is your time you know, worth? Right. Yep. Our opportunity yep. cost is crucial. So but yeah, just to answer your question, I think um, it gonna, it's going to vary a lot. Um, there's a lot to learn. We've tried to make it as easy as possible to you know, teach a lot of our lessons and learnings in this checklist made specifically for real estate investors, but it can be still a, you know, pretty, pretty considerable commitment. Um, and, but it can be done. Yeah. 
and I think, boy, I'll tell you, as a as a guy who's been in this for a while, mm-hmm. uh, there's times when I go, boy, I wish I could dial back to 2015 because it, it, I didn't realize how easy it was to get deals. And now right. it's extremely difficult. And I think the, the number one thing that people are struggling with right now is leads. Like it, it just is. Mm-hmm. And, and the cost of getting a lead is getting so high that it's almost getting, for some people, it's becoming a break-even proposition. Like, you know, right. they're on this hamster reel and they're spending yes. money to get leads. And it's like, at the end of the day, there's no money because I'm spending so much money trying to get that one deal, you yes. know, and so it gets a little bit frantic. So this is this has been a, a lot of good information. Uh, we're kind of getting closer to to when we need to, to end this, unfortunately, because I could talk to you all day about this, frankly. This is some great stuff. But let's make sure that, is there anything that you want people to know, anything that we should be kind of leaving people with here before we sign off that's important for them to know about the process, about you, about anything we've talked about? Sure. I'll just, um, let me uh, just give you the link uh, where folks can get involved in what we're doing and just learn more. Yep. And so it's, um, it's deals chasing you.com forward slash Simmons with two M's. And so we've uh, created um, um, an offer here for your audience. That's uh, this book that we are going to sell, but we're offering it to your audience for free. And it's the book writing checklist. And so they can go and um, get a copy of that uh, checklist and then then go to our website, uh, dealschasingyou.com uh, once they get the checklist. And we've got some videos on there of what we do. And they can go to, um, you know, they can find me on YouTube, uh, Max Keller. And I have some, you know, videos and case studies of, of what we do. But everything is right there on Deals Chasing You. And if you use the forward slash Simmons, you get the book for free. So it's kind of a win-win. That's awesome. And guys, in a world where... I, I know because I, I get people ask me all the time, how am I going to get more deals that they're drying up? Like this is something, trust me, I, I, ha- I wrote a book and I, it sounds to me like, oh, dear God, I don't want to write another book to try to. But you make it easy. Like you said, there's, there's ways you can license content and make it very, very quick and easy. And let me tell you something. If, if, it's, if, it's, if it's perceived to be hard to do, your competition's not willing to do it either, most likely, right? So 100%. Max is making it easy. And let me tell you something. This is something they're not getting on any other of the stack of cards they they're getting or letters. They are not getting someone giving them away a whole. And my, one of my questions early on, you already answered it, so I didn't have to ask you. Was is it a physical book you're giving them, or are you emailing them a PDF? You're mailing them a physical book. So let me let me tell you something about the demographic we're talking about. They do not want to be emailed a PDF. They won't read it, right? They want the physical book. They're going to sit there in their chair with their reading glasses and the light on. Like that that's the way to get to that demographic. And I think very smart. I, I was hoping that's what you would say. And that is exactly what you're doing. So I didn't have to ask you. So this is a differentiator, guys. And let me tell you something. That is worth its weight in gold in this in this market we're in and, and in any market because that that demographic, the senior demographic, you know, things certain things don't change. They they like physical books, and I think that's going to continue. So, I love it, man. I love this. And it, like he said, go to dealschasingyou.com forward slash Simmons. My last name S I M M O N S. You can get that free checklist, and then go back to just dealschasingyou.com. Find out everything else. Go to YouTube. You can see Max there. Look at all the case studies and watch his videos. I think this is a super smart way of of generating leads in in certainly in an economy and in a market that's favoring sellers. And, and we all know that sellers are getting as much as they can for their for their deals right now. But your approach is a relationship based approach, which is smart, and people trust. That you're that you're being honest and you're giving them options, which you know you're right. Most people turn and burn. They're going in these houses. This is what I'll give you. Here's a contract. You don't want to sign it. I'm out. Right? Like that's it. And it it doesn't leave people with a good feeling. They feel like they're kind of going through a turnstile. So, I love it, man. I love all this. Anything else before we go? Any any parting words? No. Um. I just you know thanks everybody for um you know listening today and uh, investing in you know your education and you know I just. I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, giving you guys maybe an update down the road as uh, things progress, um, you know, continue to share the resources, but yeah, just check out, uh, deals, uh, chasing If you have some questions forward slash uh, Simmons and just get plugged into, um, you know, the resources, the knowledge, and 
uh, go from there. Great. And it's been a real pleasure again to uh, speak with you today. Same here, man. Same here. I love talking to uh, not only good people, but smart people. And thank you for giving that uh, free gift to my audience. I really appreciate that too. And uh, yeah, we'll do an update down the road. I'd love to hear what you have going on down the road. Uh, super smart guy. And I think it's always good to talk about how to generate leads and to do it the right way. So thanks again for your time. And we will talk to you next time. Sounds good. Bye-bye. All right. Fun conversation. Good conversation. Again, another smart guy that has tapped into something that really, I don't know anybody else who's doing that. Not not the way he's doing it for sure. And uh, I think it's really, really smart. I, I think the folks that we're buying from guys uh, being becoming an expert and being seen as an expert and having a book on their coffee table when, when you go to see them or when your competition calls and wants to get the appointment, it's a leg up. And I think it's not a horrible idea. In fact, I think it's something that I'm going to strongly consider myself because we're always looking for ways to get better ROI. We're looking for ways to find sellers who are motivated that our competition either doesn't know about or is not doing a good job serving. And this is about, the great thing about what Max is doing is he is serving them. He is giving them information. He's teaching them, he's educating them, and he's not always winning the you know the deal because frankly, sometimes he's able to show them it's better to stay in the house or to, to do something else. So I love that approach. It's not just like, hey, if I don't get the deal, I don't really care. You know, he cares. And that, that kind of stuff, that relationship-based sales and marketing really works, guys. So I'm happy to have Max on the show and to talk to you about what he's doing. And I think it's something we can all learn from. If we don't do exactly what he's doing, just take a page out of his book, no pun intended, and uh, and start applying things and doing things differently than your competition. Don't go in there and turn and burn. Show them that you care and, and care, actually care. So I love this stuff, guys. It's it just just another tool in the toolbox. It's helping sharpen our our uh, our skills, and that's what it's all about: learning and getting better. So hopefully, you got something out of this. I really enjoyed this conversation. I think he's a smart marketer, and I think it's something we all should be consider doing in our in our marketing and in our business. So, until next time, guys, get out there and make today the best day. Okay, you're still there. You're still listening. That's awesome. And I really appreciate that. Now, hopefully it wasn't an accident. Hopefully you didn't leave the room and I'm just talking to an empty room right now. But assuming you're still there, I want to do something really, really cool for you. For a limited time, I want to give you a free digital download of my book, the entire book, Level Jumping. If you're a listener to the show, you know it just came out and it really details how I took my business from being like one where I was just doing a few deals a month, maybe one or two deals a month, to doing over 10 and sometimes 15 deals a month and over 100 a year. And I went from doing very little profit to over a million dollars in profit. And I made that transformation in a 12-month period. And this book talks about what I did, the steps I took to transform my business and how you can too. So grab a free digital download and you can get that by texting the words just start as two words now just start to the number 55444 so text just start to 55444 I will send you a free digital download of my book it's the complete book there's nothing held back and that'll be completely yours just for making it to the end of the show and listening to me and I really really appreciate it guys so I want to do something nice for you I do this every once in a while at the end of shows and if you listen to the very end every once in a while I do a giveaway like this so hopefully you enjoy that go grab a free copy I hope you read it I hope you love it reach out let me know what you think all right guys talk to you next time